Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. And get prepared. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to kind of go ahead and get right in. Hope you have your Bible or some kind of device, but you can open up to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to continue today talking to you uh, from what I believe is uh, just uh, the, the heart of God, what he spoke to me a few weeks ago about this uh, series called Urgent, Urgent, Urgent. And the Lord has really prompted me to keep my focus and my heart on making sure that as we move forward in these last days that, I, that God would give me a commitment to make sure that I'm preaching and making sure that preparing the people for the return of Jesus Christ. That's what I believe God has spoke to me. And so I, I'm just going to obey the Lord. I'm going to obey the Lord going forward. I don't know when the Lord's going to say stop, move on. But I know right now the word for me and for this church is the word urgent. Is the word urgent. And so today I want to continue to talk to you from this series urgent. And I want to talk to you about the necessity of repentance. The necessity of repentance. Repentance is a word we, we seldom hear today. If you're watching uh, services on television sometimes or for whatever reason, it's just a word that you, you don't hear a lot of anymore. So what is repentance? What is repentance, the necessity of repentance? If there's ever been a time that we need to repent, it's the day that we live in. But that word repentance is basically the definition would be, and I got it here on the screen for you, repentance is turning away from sin and turning to God. Turning, I'm going to say it, turning away from sin and turning to God. It's, it's the necessity of repentance that needs to be the message that's being declared in the day that we live in. Amen. Repentance is, is a turn. It's a, it's a 180 degree, degree turn. It's not a 360. I know a lot of people who's had the, the 360 conversion where they, they said they've made a commitment to the Lord and they turn and, and they turn and they turn and they keep right on back on that path of living in sin. And, and that's not the necessity of repentance. Repentance is you, you, you're going one way. It's a really a military term of an about face. You, you're living in sin. You're loving sin. You, you make your life about sin. And then you have this encounter with the Lord. And there's a, there's a change in your mind that leads to a change in your heart. That leads to a change in your direction. And you begin to walk another way. You turn from sin and you turn to God. That is repentance. You turn from sin and you turn to God. And like I mentioned earlier, if there has ever been a, an urgent time that we live in for us to repent, it's the day that we live in today. Just look at what's going on in our nation today. The, the spiritual breakdown that we see, the, the, the perversion. I mean, I could just, you could just list the things that are going on. My point is, if there's ever been a time for the necessity of repentance, it's the day that we live in when you look at the spiritual condition of our nation, when you look at the spiritual condi condition of our churches, and, and I mean the, the, the capital C church, that's all churches. When, when you look at all the things that are going on in the spiritual condition of the nation, 
the spiritual condition of the churches. I don't know about you, but it breaks my heart to see how far that we have truly drifted away from God. And if my heart breaks and if your heart breaks, can you imagine how the heart of God must break because of what he sees today and how his heart must break for the sin in our life? God's heart has to break. God's heart has to be broken. God has to be weeping for the way that through our nation and even in our churches we glorify sin. God has to be broken because instead of repenting and turning away from sin, the more we go forward in these last days, what you see is not a turning away from sin, but a turning away from God. It's not repenting, it's rebellion. And that's what we see going on in our land. And here's the question I have for all of us. When I sit and pray and I look at everything that's going on around us and when I try to wrap my mind to what, could it be, could it be that, that the reason why we see all these critical events going on in our world today, especially our nation? Hey, did you know just a few days ago right here in North Carolina we had a, a tornado, a hurricane, and an earthquake? Could, could the Lord be speaking to North Carolina? Could it be that the Lord is saying something to America today? Is he trying to get our attention? Is, he try, is, is God trying to speak to us? I really believe that God is trying to speak to us. God is speaking to us. He's speaking to us. And, and he's telling us that there's a necessity to repentance. He's speaking to us and he's trying to send a message. And it's really an alarm. It's an alarm to God's people that he's sending that we need to turn from our sins and we need to turn back to him. We need to turn from our sins and turn back to him. That's, that's what the Lord is saying to us. That's what he's speaking and God is trying to wake up, God is trying to wake up the church to the necessity of repentance. We, we get so uh, uptight, the church does. When, when are these people in the nation going to repent? When are they going to repent? Friend, they're living in ignorance. They, they don't know the word of God. The question is, when is the church going to repent? So we need to repent. And God is trying to wake up the church, I believe, in these last days. To the necessity of repentance. The church needs to repent. The church needs to repent for not preaching the gospel. With the preacher, I need you to preach today on uh, the five keys to success. I need you to preach a message to me today, sir, uh, how I can be a better me. And I'm not knocking. There are times when we may need to hear some things that can sharpen us up to make us be the Christians God has called us to be. But in the time that we're living in right now, this urgent time, the message should be that's being declared. It should be the necessity of repentance. We should be preaching the gospel that Jesus is crucified and resurrected and he's the only one that can change your life because every one of us in here, we're, we're, listen, I declare it, there's no, nothing good in any of us. We're all wicked, we're all sinners and the only way our life can be changed is if we call on the name of Jesus and he saves us and restores us and gives us new life. We lift up Jesus. We need to repent for building houses of entertainment rather than houses of prayer. We need to repent for neglecting God's word. We need to repent for being cowards and showing no courage. We need to repent for relying on our own power and not the power of God. We need to repent for having no passion about serving the Lord. We need to repent for not making disciples. God said, go and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. We need to repent for not loving one another. 
We need to repent for looking more like the world than the church. We need to repent for robbing God's people of their money because of greed. We need to repent for changing Bible doctrine to adapt to our culture. Friend, listen, these churches can, they can change what they believe in their churches all day long, but you can never change the word of God. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of my God will last forever. Hallelujah. Amen. And if the church, listen, here's my heart. If the church, if we, the church, truly desire to see a spiritual awakening in these last days, if we truly say what we believe in, we want to see a revival. We, we truly want to see a revival in the last days. It's urgent then that we as the church turn from our sins and we turn back to God. We need, it's urgent, it's urgent, it's urgent. We need to repent. We need to repent. And if you study your Bible you would discover all the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament, there was an urgent call. There was an urgent call for repentance. And the reason why there was an urgent call for repentance is because repentance is the gateway to the gospel. Repentance is the gateway to the gospel. Listen, there is forgiveness of sin for all who repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone. We were just singing it. In Christ alone, friend, there is forgiveness of sins for those who repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the pardon that I have received as I have repented of my sins and I have put my trust in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. I want you to know, if you're watching online or whoever you are here today, Jesus, he died on the cross. He gave his life for all of us. He shed his blood. He took all the sins. Can you imagine that? All the sins of the world. He took them upon him, past and present, because he loves us. and Because he wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to have new life in him. He wants us to have eternal life through him. So this message of repentance, this necessity of repentance has been preached through the prophets in the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. Did you know at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, I want you to listen to the messages that these men preached compared to what you might hear today. Jesus preached this sermon here, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was the words of Christ. He said, repent. He looks to the people and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. I shared this verse on Wednesday night in Luke uh, 24. Jesus was talking to his followers and he said this, the Christ will suffer and rise from the, the dead on the third day. And listen to this, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Friend, where is that message at today? Where is that message of repentance that is supposed to be preached to all the nations? Jesus said this message of repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations. And Jesus preached it. And Peter preached it. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Paul preached it. He says, I declare to both the Jews and the Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. John the Baptist preached it. He preached the necessity of repentance. And that's where I want to just focus that here for the next few minutes in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. I want to talk to you about this necessity of repentance and John the Baptist being the one who preached that message. In Matthew chapter 3, you follow along. 
In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the uh, wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Listen to this. They went out to him and what were they doing? It says they were confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. Say it. Confessing their sins. They, were, they came to him confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming uh, to where he was baptized and he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, uh, we have Abraham as our father. He says, I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is ready at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance but after me will come one who is more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winning fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Father, Thank you for your holy word. God, I pray that you would just touch my heart, anoint me, God, anoint everyone here. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to just take control of everything that you want to do right now in the lives of everyone watching and that are gathered on campus here. We believe you, Jesus, to just uh, be with us and help us and guide us through these passages and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Just real quickly, I want you to notice some things out of this passage I shared with you. I want you to notice the prophet of repentance, the prophet of repentance. We read here that the prophet of repentance is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a man on a mission by God. God had given John this mission, and God had given John this message. And what was this urgent message? This message that God had given John the Baptist was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was an urgent message. It was an urgent message that God gave him. And John obeyed the Lord. Listen, John the Baptist had a heart to be fully surrendered to the will of God. He wanted to obey the Lord and God gave him this mission and God gave him this message. And what does John do? John carries out the mission and the message and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John was not afraid to preach repentance. John was not afraid people might get offended and leave his church. John was not afraid that the church attendance might drop because he preached the urgent message of repentance. John was not afraid to confront people about their sinful lifestyle. John had one concern and one thing, and that was preaching the message that God had given him, and that message was that we need to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John's message, John's message was urgent, and John's mission was urgent. His mission, if you read here in this passage, passage he says, uh, was to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. It's to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. John preached repentance with urgency because Jesus was coming. And he was told, do you prepare the way? Make straight his paths. There's a voice crying out in the wilderness that says, repent. Prepare ye the way for the Lord. The king of kings is coming. 
Repent because someone, John said, he said, someone greater than I is coming and I'm not even worthy to go down there to his feet and even untie his sandals. John the Baptist, this prophet of repentance, he was focused on making sure that the people were prepared to meet Christ. And friend, that's my heart today is that those that identify and are connected to this church by whatever means, my prayer is and my focus is, is that you would be prepared through the necessity of repentance that you're ready to meet Jesus Christ. God help us to be ready. I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that it was God who sent John the Baptist on this mission to preach repentance. It was God. Listen, repentance actually starts with the Lord. It starts with God. Listen, God sent John because the God that we love is a merciful God. He's a loving God. And out of mercy, God's love goes after us and tries to pull us back from going the wrong way in life. Because he loves you. Because he has mercy for you. And he's pleading with you. And he's using this prophet here to call out to the people, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way and you need to turn and come back to God. And it's a message that was given to him by the Lord because the Lord loves us. Just like a father would love his children. You, if you saw your children going in a direction, you would be pleading with them. You would be crying to them. Turn, don't go that way. Go this way. And that's what our heavenly father does. He's, he's pleading with us because he loves us and he wants us to go the right way and not the wrong way in life. God was using this prophet to reach out because he loves us. And God sent John not only on this mission, but he sent him with this urgent message. And there he is in the wilderness. And I'm thinking, man, God bless this man. I mean, he's rugged. And, and there he is, and he's crying out this message, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And I wonder, I just wonder, when I'm thinking, out, when I read this passage, I wonder how many in that day who heard John's voice crying in the wilderness to repent, I wonder how many thought that this man and his message, you're just out of touch. You're out of touch with culture and you're out of touch with the people. I wonder how many people thought that. I wonder how many people thought that this urgent message was not even relevant for their day. I wonder how many people sitting here this morning saying, this, this has nothing to do with me. Yes, it, it's for the sinner and it's for the saint. I can hear people now saying, John, your, your message is just uh, it's, it's out of touch and it's out of date. You need to kind of get with the things. You know, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about the five keys to uh, giving so I can be blessed and, and I want the better life for me and I, I want to be the better me. I, I need you to focus on uh, making me better. And what they done was they neglected the word of God. Listen, this prophet of repentance was preaching the word of God. This prophet of repentance was preaching the word that God had given him, but the people turned away from God's word. They turned away from God's word. Many of them turned away. And it, could it be, I'm just asking some questions today that the Lord has put on my heart. Could it be today that there's no repentance because we have turned away from the word of God? We, the church, that we've turned away from the word of God. We, we continue to drift far away from God in these last days because we have no desire to, for the word of God and for it to challenge us. We drift away from the Lord 
in these last days, we continue to drift because we have a desire. Our desire today, the majority of the people that would walk through a church, they have a desire today to hear a message that will, that will tickle the ears and make people feel good about their sales. And Paul told us, Paul told Timothy in the last days that this was going to be the case. He says, there's going to be a time that's going to come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And listen to this. They're going to turn their ears away from the truth and they're going to turn aside to miss. And if there's ever been a day that people have turned away from the truth, it's the day that we live in. The prophet of repentance had an urgent message and it was to turn away from sin and turn back to God. And we need to make sure, friend, that we know the word of God and we're in the word of God and we're not letting our ears be tickled. But we need to make sure that we're in the truth of God's word. The prophet of repentance. Where's that message at today? Where's the necessity of repentance? I want you to see the problems of repentance the problems of repentance is verse 7 and 9. When John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warn you to flee from the coming wrath, he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. Here are some problems with repentance. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they represent the church, the religious. Listen, they went to see John with what many people call, what many Bible scholars call shallow repentance. Shallow repentance is really no repentance at all. And these religious folks, these, these Pharisees and the Sadducees, they come to John there in the wilderness and they come with shallow repentance. And shallow repentance is, is a temporary change that happens on the surface, but no real deep change on the inside. Mm. I just want to take off there and go preach there for a while. It's a shallow, it's a temporary change that happens on the surface, but no real deep change on the inside. Shallow repentance has no godly sorrow. Shallow repentance has no fear of God. Shallow repentance has no desire to turn and go in a different direction. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees here they come with their shallow repentance. They come to John with their, with their religious performance. I mean, I've, I've come to the church today. I've been three times this week. I come Sunday. I come Wednesday. I did a meeting on during the week. I've come with my religious performance, but they did not come in repentance. They came with their traditions. Well, we've always done it like this, but they didn't come with repentance. They came with their good works, but no repentance. They came with their heritage. We're children of Abraham, but it didn't come with repentance. They came with their own righteousness, but no repentance. I want you to remember what the Bible says, that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our righteousness, my righteousness and your righteousness, righteousness are like filthy rags. We are all filthy before the Lord. But true repentance and faith in Jesus Christ alone, that's our only hope for salvation. True repentance and faith in Christ alone is our only hope for salvation. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, this religious crowd, they had a problem. They had, they had shallow repentance. The problem was, listen to this, they repented by word but not by deed. The problem was they repented outwardly but not inwardly. The problem was that they had regret but no desire to change. 
The problem was they had remorse but no desire to renounce sin. The problem was they had an emotional experience but no revival. Many of you may have heard of the late uh, pastor of Times Square Church, David Wilkerson. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was recorded some time ago, and a lot of things have been shared here recently, but one thing that I heard that somebody brought to my attention not too long ago was what David Wilkerson said about sin. And he said this, he says, too many people are having emotional experiences and calling it revival. And then he goes on to say this, he says, true revival will come when God's people truly turn away from sin. I mean, I'm one for having a good time and let's praise and let's worship and let's get there with the Lord and have a good time. But listen, if we truly want to see a revival in these last days, it's going to be because people have decided to turn away from sin. We want revival. Do you want revival? I, I want revival. I want revival in my own life. I want revival in my home. I want revival in this church. I want revival in this community, in this nation. But it's going to start when we say, you know what? There's a necessity to repentance, and I need to turn away from my sin. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <clears throat> the problem with shallow repentance, which is no repentance really at all, is we think we can keep sinning and there's going to be no consequences. How many of you know there's some consequences to sin? Proverbs 14 says this, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Friend, you can go out there and, 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 and dabble in sin and play in it, but I'm telling you, there's some consequences to it. We, we keep thinking we can keep sinning and get away with it. We think we can keep sinning and nobody's going to see. We think that we, uh, we can keep sinning and God's going to look the other way. How much longer do you think God's going to look the other way? I want to remind you this morning, friend, that you cannot hide from God. Sir, ma'am, young boy, young girl, you cannot hide from God. You cannot hide your sins from God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12, listen to this, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Every hidden thing. You think that you're covering it up and you think nobody knows? I can tell you right now, friend, God sees. God sees. You better wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up because God sees. Is there sin in your life? You're here this morning, friend. You don't have to lift no. Is there sin in your life, a secret sin in your life or secret sins in your life? I want to remind you that God sees it. God sees it. And the message is, repent now, for the kingdom of heaven is near. God help us not to have shallow repentance, because shallow repentance, my goodness, that clock. Shallow repentance is having sorrow, but only because you got caught. I'm going to just leave that one right there. Shallow repentance is sorrow, but no, no desire to want to change your mind and change your heart and change direction, change your lifestyle. That's shallow repentance. Shallow repentance causes us to justify sin. How many of you have ever heard this before? Well, you know, I, I, I know I have my own flaws and setbacks and things, but at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so down the road. We try to justify our sin. 
Shallow repentance, listen, shallow repentance is not true repentance. You write this down. True repentance is when you love Jesus more than you love your sins. True repentance is when you love Jesus more than you love your sins. True repentance is lacking today because there's no love for God. We're too busy loving ourselves. True repentance is lacking today because we have no fear of God. True repentance is lacking because we blame other people for our sin. You don't believe me? Go back to the Genesis story and what did Adam do when the sin came there to them? He said he blamed God. He said, it's the woman you gave me. And they throwed throw her under the bus or throwed her under a camel. But he, he, he's, passing, he's passing the blame. True repentance will never happen when you blame other people. True repentance is lacking today because we have accepted sin. We, it's just normal now. The things that we used to weep about and cry about and the things that would break our heart, we sit there in front of the television now and we just laugh at it. We just laugh at it. And now our hearts have just been open to, to sin to better come in. And now it's, we just accept it. You know, it's just, it's just how they feel. It's, if that's what they want to do, if that, it's just what I feel like is right for me. No, no, it's sin. True repentance is lacking today because we have a selfish desire to do what we want to do instead of what God wants to do. Listen, my prayer this morning is that no matter who you are, is that you will live a lifestyle of true repentance. I pray that everyone here today and everyone listening, I pray that you will live a lifestyle of true repentance where you love Jesus more than you love your sins. I'll never forget the story of one of our family members after he got married and they were, they were on 95 heading to Florida for their honeymoon and they were in the car and, and the, the, the gentleman's name is Carl. He's our uncle and, and I know I've probably told this story before but it's so fitting right here and, and he was just smoking cigarettes and, and uh, our Aunt Paula, she had been on him about giving, up that, giving it up, giving it up and going down 95, he rolled down the window and throwed all the cigarettes out the window. She said, what the world? He says, I love you more than I love them cigarettes. Do you love Jesus more than you love your sin? Are there some things you need to throw out the window today? Just some things God may be wanting to put his finger on this morning. So there's problems with repentance, shallow repentance. We need to have true repentance where we love Jesus more than we love our sin. And the last thing I want to talk to you before we close is the power of repentance, the power of repentance. In verse 10 it says, The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's going to be another message for another day. Listen, true repentance, true repentance has power, and that power will produce fruit in our lives. If you've truly repented, you love Jesus more than you love sin, friend, there's going to be a visible change in your life. There's going to be a visible change. You're not going to say, I'm saved, and you're still going to be dabbling with the alcohol, the drugs, the pornography, whatever it is, whatever that sin is in your life. You're going to leave all that stuff behind because you know that it's not right, it's sin, and now you're turned toward God. There's going to be a visible expression that you have changed in your life. There's going to be an expression that you've turned back to God and there's been a transformation. You want to know if somebody's truly saved, there's going to be a transformation, friend. 
Uh, you know, I heard some people tell me one time that, and, and I was one that was like that. When I was in the military, friend, you know, I was an, in the Navy. I was a sailor, and I could cuss with the best of them uh, when, when, when we were all together like that. But you know what? When, when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he can clean you up. He can clean you up, clean that mouth up. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> True repentance. There'll be a visible expression. True repentance leads to a life uh, that gives God all the glory. If you want to know somebody who's truly repented, you'll see a life that's giving God all the glory, giving God all the glory. Look at Zacchaeus when the Lord changed him. What did he want to do? He came down out of that tree and he wanted to go give back to all those people he took advantage of in his life. Why? Because he had repented. Why? Because he loved Jesus more than he loved his sin. Why? Because he was giving him glory with his life. He repented. Oh, Apostle Paul persecuting the church. This man that went out to try to kill Christians is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. Why? Because true repentance. He loved Jesus more than he loved his sin. He was, he was turned away and he was giving God glory with his life. Listen, friend, he repented. It was a necessity that he must repent. I'm no longer going to go after the Christians and, and kill them and, and imprison them. Now I'm turning and going to God. I'm no longer going to take advantage of people because of my greed. I'm turning from that sin and I'm turning to God. Why? Because I love Jesus more more than I love my sin. The power of repentance is that it produces visible fruit in your life. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come and help me. I was talking to a man yesterday, and if you just knew his past and, and where he's been and the sin that he was involved in, like many of all of us that are here today, and then he began to talk about how it would, if, if he ever went back to where he used to be, he said, man, if I ever did that, he said, I feel like it would completely crush my heart because I don't ever want to go back and be in that lifestyle that I was in before. And, and why does he feel that way? Because there's been true repentance. It's because he truly loves Jesus more than he loves that sinful lifestyle. Do you love Jesus more than your sinful lifestyle? Help me, Jesus. Are you trying to cover up and hide those sins in your life? Are you here this morning and that's you? You've been covering it up and you've been hiding it thinking that nobody sees? I want to remind you what Proverbs 28 says. He who, conceal, he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces his sins finds mercy. Friend, are you concealing or are you confessing? Because if you confess those sins, you find mercy. We, we, we need mercy. Friend, you need mercy. I need mercy. I mean, I spent much time yesterday and even this morning, Lord, forgive any sin in my life, God, whether it's, you know, something I know that's up there or I don't even know it's there. You, you just forgive me, Lord, please. God's people need to repent. I don't want to conceal. I want to confess so I can find the mercy of God because the Bible says, listen to this, unless we repent, we perish. Jesus said those words in Luke. 
Jesus said, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Have you repented? Some of you have put to faith. Some of you put to faith and you believe, but where's the repentance? Because they have to come together. Repentance and faith, they come together. Have you repented and trusted in Jesus Christ? Because when you do that, you find the mercy of God. Everyone here today and everyone watching, you have a decision to make. Will you continue to conceal or will you start confessing so the Lord can forgive you of your sins? Because Jesus Christ is our only hope. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ is our only hope. You're not going to be able to save yourselves. You're not going to be able to forgive yourself. Jesus Christ is the one that forgives us and gives us new life. Love Jesus. Love Jesus. I'm giving you a command today. Love Jesus more than you love sin. Would you bow your heads with me, please, all across this place? Nobody looking around. Please, please be very reverent right now and just sensitive to what God wants to say and speak to you. Nobody's looking, friend. This is a very delicate time right now, but this is a precious time and a, and a supernatural time where God wants to work in your life. The Lord is asking you this morning, are you concealing sin or are you confessing sin? Is there sin in your life today that you need to confess? Maybe you've never, never, never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've never repented and put your faith in him. And today you want to be saved and you want your sins to be forgiven. And you want me to pray for you and you want to get things right with the Lord. If that's you here today, right now I'm just asking you to lift your hand real quick. Say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but I'm leading all of us in this prayer right now. That I declare that we as God's people would take this time to confess our sins and let's pray so we can experience revival. And so we can experience the presence of God in our life. The necessity of repentance will open us up to the presence of God. Father, Lord, we are all sinners, and we've come short of your glory, God, but we have confessed our sins to you. We do that right now. Lord, forgive us of our sins as a church, God. Forgive us, God, for neglecting you. Forgive us, God, for turning toward the things of this world. Forgive us, God, for turning toward our own self-gratifying desires, God, and not turning to you. Today, God, we confess, Lord, that we're nothing without you. We confess our need for you, Jesus. And God, as we confess to you, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts that's wicked, God, you tell us in your word that you're faithful and just. And if we confess our sins, you will, you will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or wickedness, God. So right now, come on, church. For you person, just say, Lord, cleanse me, cleanse me, and help me to turn, Lord. I don't want to have shallow repentance. I want to have true repentance. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you more than those desires in my heart. I love you more than, God, that, that sin. I love you more, Jesus. And today, God, I just ask you to forgive me. And I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning. I am turning away, I'm turning away, and I'm turning back to you, God. You're my only hope, Jesus. And I need you, Lord, to forgive me and restore me. God, maybe I need to repent and change directions and the things that I'm doing in my life daily. Maybe I need to change directions with the people I'm involved with.
Maybe I need to change by the way I'm treating other people. Maybe I need to change, Lord, and those secret things in my life. And Lord, I know I'm not able to do it on my own, but it's only going to be because of a true love for you, Jesus, that I can turn. So Lord, help me not to conceal so I can have mercy today. Jesus, have mercy on everyone gathered here. Have mercy on everyone that's watching. I pray, Lord, that they would just commit their lives to you today, Jesus. Just admit, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus, I... I just thank you for dying on the cross and taking my place. I know you gave your life, and I know you shed your blood for me. So today I repent and I trust in you, Christ alone, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with me, please? Amen.